Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 182 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome to uh, this bonus episode, the second episode this week. I'm so excited to share with you because um, it is on a topic I, I've only, I think, had one episode sort of about this topic, um, which is we're going to be talking about investing, but specifically the kind of niche, which really it shouldn't be a niche, and we'll talk more, more of that in the episode. You'll get what I'm talking about, but socially responsible investing or impact investing. Basically, you've probably heard uh, people talk about um, green investing or just being more socially responsible uh, in terms of what kind of investment products you choose. Um, Let me just kind of preface this. It's important to invest. Absolutely. However, uh, we need to also be more aware of what we're actually investing in. What companies are we basically saying, yes, I support you with our dollars? I think a lot of the times we're very focused on our returns and our financial goals and probably don't spend enough time really knowing what we're investing in. And honestly, and I, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this. I 100% am and I something that I want to uh, do something about. But if you were to look in some of your um, portfolios and see, you know, what kind of companies that you're currently investing in through, you know, your index funds or ETFs or mutual funds, you'd probably find a couple companies that you don't feel so good about. I'm talking about, you know, maybe companies that are, you know, have to do with like cigarettes um, or oil or guns or, or things that maybe don't align with your values and don't make you feel so good. Uh, and yet you are investing in those companies. So they are, to you know, basically helping them become more profitable. So we need to talk more about this and what we can do as investors to kind of make um, an impact, make some uh, you know good positive change in our world through our investing dollars. And that is what we are going to be talking about in this episode. I will be joined by Trish Nixon. She's the Managing Director and Head of Capital at CoPower. Uh, you probably know that uh, name, CoPower, because they were a sponsor uh, for last season of this show. And so we're going to do a deep dive into what um, impact investing and, and green investing, what that actually means and looks like so we can start making some better decisions uh, with our investments. So uh, you are going to love this episode. I can't wait uh, to share it with you. And uh, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Let's get to that interview with Trish Nixon at CoPower. Well, thank you, Trish, so much for joining me on the show. I'm excited to chat with you. Thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, well, I would love to start this off with getting to know you a little bit more and then how you ended up working with CoPower or for CoPower rather. Sure, absolutely. Um, So I've been working in the world of impact investing um, for uh, for the last eight or nine years. Um, Wow! Yeah, sort of an interesting journey. I uh, grew up in a household full of investment bankers. Oh, (laughs) that's that's fun. (laughs) Super fun, super fun. uh, But was sort of always the uh, the black sheep wanting to kind of carve out my own path, and was always really interested in you know more in. uh, dedicating my career to more altruistic endeavors, um, really interested in, in government policy, international relations and international development, um, you know, philanthropic sector. Um, and somewhere along the way, I sort of melded my two worlds and, uh, you know, came across this concept of social finance or impact investing, which tries to take the best of, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, policy, philanthropy and, and business worlds to 
um, to develop new solutions for, for society, really. Um, so it really intrigued me, the opportunity to kind of apply business and finance acumen to solve social and environmental problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's our, that the impact investment movement was really um, uh, g- gathering momentum in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in sort of the uh, 2007, I think the coin, uh, the term was coined. And um, in, I think it was uh, beginning of, uh, or sort of 2011 when I started getting involved mm-hmm. with in the space, and I joined um, uh, an innovation center in Toronto called Mars Discovery District. Was mm-hmm. launching their center for impact investing, and I had the opportunity to join and uh, participate, um, uh, or you know, be employed by kind of a capacity builder in the space. So I spent um, uh, a lot of my time uh, working with investors, foundations, and you know, institutions, and and other types of investors looking to invest for social environmental impact. Um, supporting uh, new funds and 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 companies that were raising financing or you know developing new financial tools uh, to achieve both financial return and um, uh, and some sort of social or environmental impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was there that I met the co-founders of CoPower. Um, so they, I was um, uh, running venture services for for the Center for Impact Investing. And, uh, and and the two co-founders uh, uh, came to me as a client. They were launching this uh, company focused on financing sustainable infrastructure um, and seeking, um, you know, melding the trends of impact investing and sustainable investing, uh, uh, you know, online investment platforms being a way to increase accessibility um, and developing really interesting financial products mm-hmm. backed by low carbon infrastructure. Uh, so it was a really neat opportunity to say, hey, I can really kind of dive in from, from capacity building into building something uh, that actually, um, uh, building financial products that actually, mm-hmm. you know, work for investors looking for these types of opportunities. Um, yeah. I think that was, during my time at Mars, one of the biggest challenges that I noticed was that there wasn't a lot of accessible product out there. Mm-hmm. Most players, most investors in this space were again, you know, um, philanthropic foundations or ultra high net worth individuals, um, you know, other institutions starting to uh, uh, invest in the space. Um, uh, but there wasn't a lot of opportunities for people like myself to participate. I remember going in, uh, you know, looking at, opportunities to invest my RSP and even sustain uh, socially responsible investment funds. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities were so limited. Mm-hmm. So CoPower was, uh, um, you know, the concept behind CoPower was we know that there's a growing number of Canadians that really want to invest for, uh, invest in our low carbon future. Mm-hmm. There's great investment opportunities uh, in markets that are, you know, very underserved by the financial community. Um, uh, you know, uh, energy is kind of moving from big and dirty to smaller and more distributed. Uh, and there's a need for financing and, and, and investment firms to actually finance the deployment of proven clean energy technologies. And it's just not happening fast enough. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so CoPower marries, um, you know, marries those two groups, clean energy yeah. developers and projects that need financing and investors like myself, to be honest, that, uh, that are looking for ways to do more with the money. Absolutely. No, I think you really um, 
what struck me when you were saying that what you realized um, as you were learning more about this is that there isn't a lot of products out there that are, you know, uh, sustainable or impact investing or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I I think that's true. And I think kind of the problem now is that not only is there still kind of limited products out there, but because they're like for a while, there really wasn't anything for just like individual investors like you and me, when new things like co-power are coming up, most, a lot of people are very skeptical, skeptical because they, they've never heard of this. I mean, I'll be honest, it it was only in the last like four or five years that I knew what sustainable investing was a thing. I just thought there was investing and that was it. But then now more people are talking about it, especially younger people, because we're realizing, you know, climate change is real and we're living in this time that we really need to do something. And we need to speak with not just, um, you know, recycling and reusing, but we need to uh, use our investing dollars to make big change. Um, What was, I I guess, because you said impact investing was kind of coined in 2007, you got involved in uh, 2011. What has been the change um, in your perspective, just being in the space from kind of, you know, that time frame to now, now in 2019, has there been a lot of positive movement, a lot new, you know, uh, new products out there, a lot more conversations, more people getting interested, or is it just, it's, it's going to be like a big journey, a long journey for us? Yeah, I think my answer is both. Um, you know, I think that the, the awareness of the opportunity to consider social environmental factors and in, into your investment decisions, um, uh, there, there's so much more awareness and there are correspondingly so many more products. And what's really interesting now too, if you um, uh, you know, look at whether we're talking about socially responsible investing, um, uh, kind of the broad umbrella that that mm-hmm. could include, um, uh, you know, sustainable ETFs or negative screening and taking out, you know, companies that, that you might not want in your mm-hmm. portfolio, like a tobacco company, all the way to, you know, more proactive impact investments, which might be saying, I'm investing in you know, clean energy projects is one example, or, you know, investing in a company that I really believe in. Um, uh, the ability to do so is certainly greater. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the appetite to do so, I think, is a lot greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there's definitely still challenges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the reasons that uh, CoPower developed a really interesting model. We have an online investment platform. We let Canadians come and invest directly with us. So we're mm-hmm. a registered exempt market dealer, and you can come and purchase a green bond uh, through CoPower Secure Online Dashboard. Um, the reason that we created our own distribution platform is that our financial systems aren't easily set up for kind of new product innovation. And right. especially with, especially with um, uh, uh, when we're talking about private, private products and a lot of, it, a lot of um, impact investments are alternative investments, which is great because they mm-hmm. can be really great diversifiers for your portfolio, you know, uncorrelated to stock market swings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it means they're harder to distribute. Um, right. And so, so I think that's been a, that's been a challenge. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the opportunity to actually uh, create a distribution platform and, you know, how much more accessible uh, technology and web-based investing in um, is, uh, has certainly been, um, uh, been sort of a conduit to seeing, see more opportunities uh, exist. Mm-hmm. But I think we still have a long way to go. You know, I don't yeah. think we're at the point where, you know, someone walks in to talk to their investment advisor at a bank. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not, it's going to take some pushing and prodding and asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. to, 
develop a, you know, ethical or sustainable or whatever you want to call it, investment portfolio? I think the key is that more people are asking those questions and yeah. more people talk to their advisors or, you know, demand that their banks have products that they believe in or that they, they can see more information on the environmental, social governance um, uh, features of, of different investment opportunities. The more information gets becomes available, the mm-hmm. more people can make better decisions. Um, and we're seeing a lot of data that demonstrates that uh, sustainable investing, mm-hmm. uh, socially responsible investing, impact investing, there's not a there's not a return trade-off. Right. There, the opportunity, you know, oftentimes considering social and environmental factors actually is really important for reducing risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and oftentimes investing in, in new and different and smaller and private opportunities, um, uh, you know, can, can yield some really attractive risk return opportunities. So more data, um, more data is key, I think, to, mm-hmm. to continuing to develop the space and just, you know, again, pushing those advisors, pushing the banks, the mainstream distribution channels. Uh, um, the more demand they see from clients, the more they'll seek out impactful products to, to be on their shelf. Absolutely. You mentioned a few things earlier, um, and you can maybe remind me of what the terms you use, but like, what are some kind of, I'm not sure if they're, they're products or just like different types of um, impact investment products. So to be, you mentioned there's one where it's like um, one that just doesn't have some of those kind of the negative impact ones or whatever. What are some things that, or some terms that people uh, should familiar, familiarize themselves with? So uh, if they are talking with their advisor or doing some more research, they kind of know what key terms to look for. Yeah, that's a really great question. And apologies if I... No, it's really great because it's like this information isn't... Um, it's just not for, for me too. And this is why I'm very interested in this space as well. Is there's not a ton of information, um, in the kind of mainstream media, you really have to do your digging. So it's like the more we talk about this and understand the key terms, just like you said, it's like, we can talk more to our financial advisors or know where to do our research. So we can, you know, hopefully ask those questions or demand more products like this. So those products will become available. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, generally if, um, uh, you know, there's, if you think about a values-based portfolio or, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, uh, a socially responsible uh, investment portfolio, you're going to have different um, uh, different tools mm-hmm. that help you, you know, create, a, 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 you know, a sound investment strategy and portfolio um, that is as good for society as you as you however you want to define that as you can make it. And so um, generally, you know, we talk about responsible investing or socially responsible, responsible investing as an umbrella term that captures, um, uh, you know, a suite of different tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, one tool um, is what's commonly referred to as negative screening. Mm-hmm. So that would be, um, uh, that would include basically taking out the worst offenders, taking mm-hmm. the worst offenders out of your portfolio. So if you really don't want to be financing uh, fossil fuels, mm-hmm. so, you know, the divestment movement is, is, is sort of a clear example of, of that. Um, uh, you know, you can stop investing in um, oil companies, for example, mm-hmm. or if you don't want to be buying stocks of companies that produce arms, you can take mm-hmm. those, some of those stocks out of your portfolio. Um, those are negative screens. There's also positive screens, which are, um, you know, when you look at environmental, social and governance data, uh, and, and choose the best companies within each 
mm-hmm. sector um, uh, or, you know, within, within, you know, your fixed income opportunities and, and you choose the best. Um, so, you know, you might have, you might want to have a portfolio that includes banking, fi- you know, financial stocks and, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, uh, and, you know, commodities or energy stocks. So you're going to look at what are the best performers um, mm-hmm. al- along social, environmental and governance um, factors within, uh, within those categories. Uh, so there's, there's ETFs and mutual funds that, um, you know, do both of those things. You can obviously create your own portfolio mm-hmm. by applying your own screen. So there's different tools out there that let you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, a third, a third category is shareholder activism. So part of the divestment movement, and this is usually done by larger institutional investors, but, um, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, some pension funds, for example, that have participated in the divestment movement may choose not to actually sell all their oil stocks, but rather become an active shareholder. So, you know, mm. vote to improve the behavior of the um, uh, fossil fuel companies that they're invested in. So there are some tools generally that exist within the public markets world. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are interesting. Yeah, I'll be honest, I've never heard of any of those. And that makes but they're very simple to understand. Thanks so much for defining them, because I think those are really helpful. And as you mentioned, so these are once you kind of understand how these terms work, it's relatively easy to find on your own some of these products that you mentioned. Yeah, more so. And, you know, every product's going to look different. But, um, but absolutely, you know, if you if you, um, you know, search for a socially responsible ETF or mm-hmm. a fossil fuel free uh, investment product. Um, you know, those are, uh, you, you'll start to see kind of some of these terms and understand how the product, the fund manager, mm-hmm. the, the, the manufacturer is, is kind of defining how they look at, um, uh, at socially respons- social responsibility okay. in their investment strategy. And then I'll just very quickly kind of yeah. comment on, on the, the kind of, uh, fourth, I guess, term, yeah. term that I was using, which is, which is impact investing. So yeah. typically what I just talked about is, is more related to the public markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we talk about impact investing, it doesn't have to be private markets, but a lot of impact investment opportunities are within the private markets. Right. Um, those are opportunities to really proactively invest uh, or like in, in, in solutions that generate a positive impact and financial return. So that's okay. where we would define co-power bonds. So we're, mm-hmm. we're, we offer um, a vehicle for investors to um, invest in a pool of loans or portfolio of loans mm-hmm. that are invested directly into clean energy infrastructure projects across Canada. And so, you know, our first investment criteria is does this project earn its revenue either from selling clean power or reducing uh, energy consumption mm-hmm. so that the financial returns and the impact returns are intrinsically linked. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's uh, uh, you know, one example. And there's other examples like um, uh, affordable housing funds, um, uh, microloan funds uh, that, that sort of do the same thing where their raison d'etre is to invest in, uh, in something that, that generates financial return by creating positive impact. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So if someone was, well, actually, my first question was, so Copower has green bonds. Are there other types of bonds like the ones Copower has? Like, it seems like Copower is like one of the few companies that I'm aware of. Is this, uh, you know, uh, special to Copower? Or is this something like this is a, a product in its own right? Green bonds is a thing. Other companies are doing this throughout Canada. 
Yeah, so we're pretty unique in our model, but there are some um, comparables. You know, if you search green bonds, you mm-hmm. might find CoPower, um, but you might also find, um, you know, publicly traded green bonds, like the World Bank issues green bonds okay. uh, that invest in global clean energy infrastructure. Um, uh, Toronto Dominion Bank has issued green bonds uh, in the past to, um, you know, backed by some of their more sustainable uh, uh, investments. Um a lot of those opportunities are primarily uh, available only to larger institutional investors. Mm-hmm. Many of them have kind of a green mandate or a mandate to purchase green bonds. So most people don't have you know, widespread access to, uh, to those types of, of, of green bonds, whereas co-powers are specifically designed for a retail investor. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're selling directly to individuals. And so the model is a little bit different. We're certainly unique in, in the structure and the fact that we, um, you know, we're, we're not doing a single bond issuance, you know, backed by a specific set of projects. Rather, we can, we're, we're continually uh, raising more money through bonds to invest in more and more clean energy projects. And we're set up basically just to do that. Um, there's a couple other, you know, similar types of opportunities. There's some, uh, cooperatives across the country, renewable mm-hmm. energy co-ops uh, that allow their co-op members to invest uh, in, in their the clean energy projects that they own. Um, so there's definitely some other comparables, but we're, we're, our model's pretty unique in this space. And there's yeah. a couple of other U.S. comparables as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's groups like Wonder Capital that, is, um, uh, that also has an online investment platform and helps people invest in solar assets across the United States uh, one example. Okay. And that's probably why I think when I, you know, talk to, uh, you know, listeners of this show and, and just, you know, people about investing, the whole idea of like green bonds is very new to them. And it could be because even though they have been in existence, may, maybe not in, in uh, a way where individuals like you and me can actually participate. Exactly. You're probably not being offered opportunities to, to invest in green bonds, you know, when you go to your, your discount brokerage or to your investment advisor. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about um, how these green bonds work uh, with specifically co-power. So you mentioned, so if someone were to purchase some uh, green bonds, they're not just investing in like one specific project. It's like a, a bunch of different projects. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So for two reasons, um, uh, you know, sometimes we get questions, well, can we choose which projects we invest in? We decided that it's much better for the investor and mm-hmm. it's much more efficient uh, to actually create a pooled vehicle. So, um, so if you buy a co-power green bond um, today, you're investing in a pool of about 1,200 individual clean energy projects across the country. Um, and as we issue more bonds and invest in more projects, that, that portfolio continues to grow. That's pretty cool. And so would you, um, and this is probably a very simple question, but technically green bonds, if, if someone was like trying to figure out how would I fit this into my portfolio, this would kind of go into that fixed uh, income part of your portfolio. Yeah, fixed income and or alternatives. So and, okay. a lot of, and a lot of individual investors don't have a large allocation to alternative investments. Um, uh, so, you know, those could be things like real estate investments or you know, hedge funds right. or private credit. So we're sort of a private credit product. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so it fits more in your fixed income slice. Our 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 six year bond offers a five percent um, uh, annual uh, interest rate, which is pretty competitive for a fixed income product. Yeah, um, but it's also an alternative investment product because again, it's not traded on a public market, um, uh, which means that you have to buy and hold the bond mm-hmm. until it's maturity. Um, uh, 
but the other benefit, because there's no, there's no resale, there's no secondary market, um, uh, there's, uh, it's, it's uncorrelated. There's, there's, no volat- there's no volatility associated uh, with the bond because it's not exposed to market sentiment. Exactly. So what are kind of, uh, you know, probably a popular question you get too, or like, what are some of the risks involved? Like nothing's perfect. What are some of the things that people should be aware about these types of uh, investments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all investments, of course, have have different risks and features. And I'll, you know, I'll start by saying that certainly if you're considering investing, you should um, uh, read our offering memorandum, uh, mm-hmm. which is available on our site and, and you know, covers the finer details um, and risks associated. But I'll, I'll keep it high level for, for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we do a lot to um, uh to try and mitigate risk for our investors, and and you know one of one of the um, you know a, one risk is uh, associated with the underlying investment opportunities. If we're lending to a project, um, we need to uh, we want that we want that loan to be paid back and that yeah. interest to be paid. Um, and so there's there's risks associated with the underlying projects. Um, we do a lot to mitigate that risk by you know focusing on primarily on projects that are already built and operating, generating revenue, have good contracts in place. Um, and we, we build in debt service reserve accounts and, and other features to, to mitigate the specific project risk. We also use technologies that are proven. So there, there's, there's potentially performance risks associated with the projects. Will they, you know, will they generate as much uh, clean power as, as, um, as anticipated in the case of the solar project, for example. Um, but we are using technologies or investing in technologies that are, that are highly proven. So we can do a lot to monitor and mitigate that risk. Um, and then of course, by investing in a larger portfolio, it means the impact of a potential default on one project, um, you know, might not necessarily invest your return as a bondholder, affect uh, uh, your mm-hmm. uh, return as a bondholder because you're exposed to a much broader pool. Um, but that's one thing to, to, to consider. Um, you know, another, another feature is, um, you know, the clean energy investment market. Will mm-hmm. Co-Power be, um, uh, be able to continue to lend um, to, to more projects that, that are within, you know, our investment criteria and our target markets? Um, uh, if we're not, then, you know, if for some reason we wound down the portfolio because we weren't able to do so, you could actually get your money back faster than anticipated. So that's a risk that, you know, investors typically are, find acceptable, um, uh, but it's something to be aware of. Um, you know, changing market dynamics could change the repayment schedule associated with the bonds. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing to be aware of is that as a private issuer, um, we have, we're subject to fewer reporting requirements than, uh, uh, than a publicly traded company. Uh, so there may be less information available. Mm. Um, uh, and, and yeah, those are, and those are some of the key. And, and you know, CoPower is still a, a relatively young company. We have about a, a five-year track record, and you know, no defaults. And all mm-hmm. of our investment pro- uh, investments have performed as expected. Um, uh, however, we have the CoPower as a, as a manager has a limited um, uh, operating history, and so that's also you know something to be aware of. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, we structured the product so that um, uh, the bonds are issued by a, uh, a special corporation that, mm-hmm. that owns and, and is secured by all the underlying loans. And so, um, you know, to that effect, CoPower is managing the portfolio, but ultimately the, the, the bondholder's um, uh, interest and principle is invested in these real infrastructure assets that are, that are part of the portfolio. 
Awesome. Yeah, kind of like you said, it's it's so new and, and Copower itself is a very new company, but I feel like I'm hopeful that this conversation that we're having in like, you know, 20 years will be like, oh, you know, that was when it just started happening because I feel like this is just very reminiscent of um, when people, I feel like maybe just five years ago, really, when kind of robo-advisors started popping up and people were like, what is this thing called index investing or ETFs? People were just like, I've never heard of this. I don't trust it. And now everyone's kind of on board. And I read some article lately that now ETFs are um, uh, looking to kind of outpace mutual funds and, and people purchasing them. So I feel like a lot of people are very kind of... Um, always like what you know what what could potentially happen will i lose all my money this is so new but kind of like you said it's like once you have all that kind of information and you understand like don't just invest all of your money into this like you want to have Ooh. a diversified portfolio and understand what that means and all that stuff and understand yes there's risks for every single type of investment product out there not just um these types of products um then it's not so scary that's just like always the the sentiments i'm getting from people is just that um just like the i think the the lack of information and the newness of it is just kind of a bit worrying. But yeah, I think you know. I think with anything new, there's always a um, a perception of risk. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest. You know, I was talking about more data and more metrics being available with you know socially responsible investing and impact investing. Um, it takes a while for individual products, but also kind of movements and concepts to build a track record. Um, and and. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see an inflection point where there's more positive data available. Um, you know, there's more, there's a longer track record for, you know, investment opportunities like ours. Um, and, and, you know, that obviously starts to um, make it easier for kind of the early majority to start to participate because they can actually, uh, um, you know, move from a point of, um, uh, you know, perceived risk to, Okay, there's we, mm -hmm. we understand we understand the the risk return impact opportunities um, you know associated with these types of of products and oh they're not that different from you know non non impactful products if you will exactly exactly you mentioned earlier too um, about you know obviously if someone is interested in uh, going this route investing some of their money into this um, they don't just have to use a taxable account there's now you can use a TFSA or an RRSP an RESP and an RRI. RRIF, that's always a hard one to get, right? Is yes. that true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so our bonds are eligible for all registered accounts. Um, we, in order to invest in Copara bonds through a registered account, um, you know, we're not a custodian mm -hmm. of registered accounts. So, so um, you know, we can we can work with investors uh, through their their current investment advisors or some banks, not all banks, mm -hmm. um, uh, will, will hold private placements and registered accounts for their clients. Um, we have a lot of clients investing through Questrade. That's, um, you know, a great way to do a self-directed investment in a registered account. Um, yeah, so we've managed to, uh, to make that possible for our investor base, which I think is huge. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. For me, like when I learned, I'm like, Oh, okay, that's for some reason, I'm like that made it like, Oh, this is a legit thing. This is good. I don't, I, and that's could be another thing that people think about, like, if it's offered in a registered account, oh, okay, so I think this ha thing has legs, like this will be around for yeah. a little while. <laughs> there's, some, there's some there's some infrastructure associated with, uh, yeah, with the product and, and, you know, work done on that front. And yeah, and as I mentioned, CoPower is a, a registered exempt market dealer. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we, we certainly uh, gone through the time and effort to um, uh, 
become registered, to work with the securities commissions to, you know, to make sure that, um, again, the, the, the product is uh, um, accessible to a lot, of, a, a lot of Canadians, but also has all of the compliance features um, uh, worked in to, to make sure that you know, we're understanding uh, and our investors are understanding who it's suitable for and you know, how to purchase it through different channels. For sure. And how many, and I don't know if you'd know this number off the top of your head, so you could always just give me an average, but um, in general, what is like the kind of popularity or how many investors do you have from kind of the beginning of Copower to now? Like, are you seeing that more and more people are interested in it? Yeah, absolutely. So we have... Last I checked, which was probably a month ago, so we probably have about 50 more investors, but we have, um, uh, we have over 600 individual investors, uh, so, so 600 unique investors. A lot of those investors have actually you know, reinvested or invested multiple mm. times as they've gotten familiar with GoPower. Um, uh, and that includes you know, people investing you know, $5,000 from their kitchen table across the country through to... Um, uh, you know, Van City Credit Union is an investor with us, um, mm. uh, you know, an insurance company, a number of foundations across the country. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we have quite a quite a range of different types of investors. Um, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I just thought, oh, it's probably largely individuals, but it's individuals and institutions. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's more and more institutions that are sort of uh, building in an impact mandate and, and looking at different uh, products like ours and, and, and have been participating with us really from the get go. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so it's really exciting to see as well. That's very exciting. So what I know you guys are still very new, but what are what is your kind of 10 year plan or what's your kind of big lofty goal for um, CoPower? Oh, that's a great question. So <laughs> we have. Um, uh, so in the last couple years, well, in the last, you know, uh, four or five years, and, and most of it has been really in the last two years, um, we've raised about uh, over 30 million um, for clean energy uh, infrastructure across the country. Uh, we want to be moving hundreds and hundreds of millions. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we continue to grow, um, you know, we want to continue to grow our bond portfolio, continue to, to finance the same um, types of projects that we have been. So, you know, geothermal, solar, energy efficiency retrofits, um, and other um, uh, renewable energy and energy efficiency projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to add uh, new products to our portfolio. So, you know, we want to be the... Um, uh, you know, a, a, a leading asset manager for sustainable infrastructure. And we want to offer, you know, our green bonds. We want to offer clean energy equity project or, or funds. Um, we want to, uh, you know, get into other verticals like sustainable real estate and, you know, sustainable agriculture and offer a suite of products um, that all types of investors across the country, um, you know, can, can easily participate in. Um, to advance again, you know, meet different risk return expectations uh, while achieving the impact that they're, they're seeking. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited just for the whole idea of sustainable or impact investing to become more kind of commonplace. Because I think a lot of people are very focused on, I just need to start investing, which is very important. But then I think people also need to know that there's there's options out there. You don't just have to invest in the big companies that are like oil companies or tobacco companies that most people have no idea are in their portfolios. It's like there's lots of other options out there. But unfortunately, right now, it's just like we're kind of at that 
start where it's like you kind of have to do the research. You have to kind of uh, empower. Well, you have to listen to this podcast and learn about it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but you're right. It's very much, um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are doing this and there are green investors um, and, you know, how they're how they're activating their portfolio for, for impact, what, however that may look. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it takes a little bit of extra work. Um, but I think it's also, you know, really rewarding for, for going through the effort. Um, we published a report last year, um, uh, that really looked at, um, uh, the carbon impact of, an, of, of, of investment portfolios. Oh, that'd be so, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's called the dirty secret in your investment portfolio Uh-oh. <laughs> on our, our blog, but basically it looked at, you know, a lot of people are thinking about personal steps they can take to mitigate their carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, buying less or, you know, buying an electric vehicle or eating vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we looked at, uh, we compared some of those actions to, you know, a typical standard public investment portfolio. It's really interesting to see, you know, obviously depending on the size of your investment portfolio, um, but but the impact is really quite quite staggering. So I think if people do just start to think at, think about, you know, when they're investing something, they're, they own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, Again, across, as we talked about, you know, a, a well-diversified portfolio, um, you know, different asset classes. Just think about how can you do a little bit better? How yeah. can you, you know, reduce your negative impact or, or increase your positive impact? Um, and, and I think having that mentality, um, you know, it, it can be an incremental shift, but, but it becomes, um, becomes a lot more manageable when you just say, like, oh, how can I make the best decision for the planet or for people or you know for for, for whatever um uh things are important to you how can i how can i choose between two products that um you know are a little bit different and, mm-hmm. and choose the one that i think is better for society it depends a lot more manageable yeah no I, and i think you you mentioned a lot of great things throughout this uh interview just that you know first and foremost if you want to do you know be really uh cognitive of what kind of investment products you choose. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to um, forfeit any returns being an impact investor. And I've read that there's lots of data out there that uh, says the same thing, that you're not giving up returns just by, you know, investing in these kind of new um, sustainable investments, um, you know, and and just I think it's really, really important, not just for people to start investing, but that's that's always very important. But if you are currently investing, take a good look at your portfolio right now and understand what's actually in it. Because most people have gone through the steps of like, oh yeah, I'm using a robo advisor. I went through a bank. I know what these mutual fund names or uh, ETF names are. I have a sort of idea of what the top companies are, but really take some time to look at what's in there. Because I did the same thing and I was actually surprised to see some of the companies in there. And I just had no idea because sometimes they make it very difficult for you. If you want to look at the full list, there might be hundreds or thousands of companies in there. So, but it's important because like you said, as important as it is to like, you know, maybe eat vegetarian a couple of times a week or, you know, stop using plastic bags or whatever. Also Mm -hmm. being really um, just mindful of what your investments are and where your dollars are going. I think that probably has a, a bigger impact. Exactly. I think, you know, conscious consumerism is something that we've seen a huge rise of over the last decades. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's only natural that that'll extend to our investment portfolios. So it's been really exciting again in the last, you know, just under a decade that I've been kind of really immersed in and working in this space. It's been really exciting to see the progress that's been made. And I think we'll, we'll keep seeing more and more of that. 
Yeah. Oh, I like that. Conscious investor. Like, let's be conscious investors. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Trish, for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Where can more people find out uh, more information about some of the stuff we talked about and CoPower? Yeah, absolutely. So copower.me, copower.me is our website. Um, as I mentioned, uh, you can find out about our, our products uh, there. We have lots of information and, um, you know, it's easy to talk to uh, one of our investment representatives as well. Um, and I would encourage you to check out our blog because we yeah. feature a lot of um, different content on uh, sustainable investing, impact investing, a lot of these, these themes that we've uh, chatted about today. And that report that you mentioned that would be on the blog as well? It's on the blog. Yes. Perfect. I mentioned it's called the dirty secret in your investment portfolio. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. It was, it was a pleasure chatting with you. And that was episode 182 with Trish Nixon. Uh, she's the managing director and head of capital at CoPower to learn more about CoPower and check out their blog and that report that we mentioned, go to copower.me. Um, you'll also want to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 182, because uh, I'm going to link to a couple of you know things that we mentioned in this episode, but also um, I'm going to uh, link to a blog post that I wrote that really breaks down what co-powers, green bonds are all about, how they work. Um, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. And of course, speaking of investing, um, if you want to become a more knowledgeable investor, uh, if you want to become more confident about investing, if you want to start investing and you don't know where to start, well, you can start by signing up to my Investing Foundations for Canadians online course. You can find more information in the show notes or go directly to jessicamorales.com slash investing foundations. But uh, it is an online course I made to uh, basically get rid of this idea that investing is, is complicated and hard and you need to hire someone in order to understand how to invest or to invest for yourself. You can 100% uh, understand how to invest for yourself and just use a robo advisor or, you know, invest in, you know, co-powers, green bonds and know all the risks and, and, and all that means, or become a DIY investor and use a discount brokerage to do so. You can be a totally informed investor and all it takes is taking, you know, some time out of your day and maybe, you know, just stopping the Netflix and chilling a little bit and just dedicating some time to educating yourself about it. Um, again, if I can do it, anyone can do it because, you know, four years ago, I didn't really know much about investing and I was so embarrassed about it, which is why I'm like, no, the, the answer to that, the solution is that is to arm myself with information and facts. And so I, uh, spent several years really educating myself about investing and so much so that I felt comfortable finally, putting all of the information that I learned, all of the, you know, courses that I took and put it into this course called Investing Foundations for Canadians. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to uh, share that in case you didn't know about it. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to share a few shout outs from some amazing people who left me some iTunes reviews. So the first uh, review is from Messenger User underscore 24 from Canada. A great podcast for young women learning about finances. I have enjoyed many episodes of this podcast, particularly the latest on retirement and pensions, uh, episode 180, if you want to check that one out. Uh, it couldn't have come at a more perfect time. I enjoy this uh, financial podcast uh, because it has diverse topics and doesn't only focus on paying off debt. Keep the episodes coming. Well, thank you so much 
for that review. Uh, next, I've got one from XOXO T-Dub from Canada. I recently found this uh, podcast on iTunes and I love it. It's easy to find a plethora of financial advice for Americans, right? There's so many freaking, I mean, it's great, but for us Canadians, not so much. Uh, so it was nice to finally find financial advice and tips for those who are Canadian and more specifically those in Ontario. I've learned a lot and I'm learning a lot and I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, one more and then I'll let you go. This one is from 11 Trey 5 from Canada. Um, wonderful podcast, lots of different characters and opportunities to learn new things. Looking forward to learning more. Well, thank you so much for all of your reviews. If you want to get a shout out on a future episode, all you have to do is take two seconds out of your day. It is literally so easy. And just leave me a review and I'm going to give you a shout out, read your review on a future episode. And I'll love you forever. So you'll be in my good book forever. Um, thanks for listening. I'll see you back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode of the Mo Money Podcast. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.